Welcome to another exciting episode of Patanjali Yoga Sutra Commentaries by respected Dr. Chinmay Pandya. Each episode delves deep into a selected set of sutras, so be sure to follow along and remember to revisit any episode you may have missed. We hope you enjoy and do stay connected with DSVV by following our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages using the handle at DSVVOfficial. Pranams to everyone from Deva Sanskriti Vishwadhyale Shantikunj Haridwar in the Himalayas, India. Uh, we started this journey of uh, studying the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and the first chapter, Samadhipad, few meetings ago. And now slowly we are approaching towards the end of this chapter. And this chapter, like I discussed in the last session also. This chapter is very special because it is talking about all possible samadhis that could take place in the spiritual path of a yogi. And these are samadhis which are not different kind of samadhis. They are all gradations of the samadhi. There is just a qualitative difference in the spiritual experience of a yogi. And today we would go even further. But before we would go further, let's uh, start today's session with the recitation of the Gayatri Mantra and also by remembering Puja Gurudevan Vandaniya Mataji. Gayatri Mantra is the mantra of righteousness. It allows us to walk on the right path. They say in the scriptures that Gayatri is Tripada. Tripada means that one who has got three steps. And these three steps are the steps that allow one to have purity, piety, purification, embellishment of one's personality. Pavitrata, Prakharata, Parishkar, we say in Sanskrit. And these are the essential step of one's life because without embellishment, without refinement, without purification, our life remains meaningless. It has got both possibilities. But for the divine possibility to emerge, for the sacred possibility to emerge, it is important for us to have the path of righteousness in the life. So we pray to Magayatri to help us walk on that path. Gayatri Mantra together. Om Bhur Swaha Tatsavetorvarenyam Bhargo Devasya Dhemahe Dheyo Yonaha Prachodaya Once again, first chapter of the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali we started to discuss and this is called Samadhipad, the chapter about the Samadhi. And Samadhi is the end point or the most refined point. There is nothing beyond it. If you are able to reach to that stage, then you have accomplished 
what is there left to be accomplished you have reached to the state where you and the higher consciousness you and the divine consciousness the absolute truth sanatan satya shashvat satya both have become one there is no difference between you and the higher real true divine and sacred consciousness and patanjali is talking about maharshi patanjali is talking about the various paths that lead to that particular point he started by giving the definition of yoga then he talked about the vrittis of the chitta then he said that how those vrittis could be controlled how we can control these oscillations interruptions of the mind called as the vrittis for which he gave the abhyas and vairagya as the treatment as the management then came different kinds of samadhis then came other ways how one can also reach to that point then he talked about ishwar and also the indicator of ishwar tasya vachaka pranava that talked about the om and if one is able to focus on the om then he is also able to minimize to control the antaraya antaraya are those interruptions which bring a gap in the practice of the sadhak we all want to have a regularity in our practice but there are different kinds of problems obstacles are there impediments are there which bring a gap into the regularity of the practice and he talked about them called as the vikshep antaraya and these vikshep also have got some accompanying problems that he also talked about dukha dormanasya angamejatva shwasa prashwas these five he talked about and then he said that to counter them tat pratishedhartham ek tattva abhyasa that's where we left the last discussion that if we want to counter them pratisheed if we want to negate them if we want to win over them then we are supposed to practice on one object which object either you can choose the ones that were there before discussed or you can choose the one that he is about to talk about and these seven verses that would come now on they are called as the preparatory exercises they are the parikarma just like the vikshep because vikshep are the superficial problems they are not arising out of the chitta they are not the vrittis of the chitta but they are there and if they are able if somebody is able to control them if somebody is able to negate them then it brings further steadiness further stability to the mind of the sadhak similarly these exercises are there these exercises are there to allow one to have much more calm demeanor much more like you know strength in the personality and they are called parikarma so these seven verses one after one are there to help one to get much more steadiness into the practice first he talks about and this is a very special sutra because uh, it has found its root also in buddhism it has found its root also in other sadhanatmak traditions and he says it's a long verse so i will go word by word slowly maitri karuna mudita upekshanam sukh dukh punya apunya vishyanam bhavanat chitta prasadanam he says 
मैत्री मैत्री मीन्स फ्रेंडशिप करुणा करुणा ऑल दो नॉट रियली द कंपैशन बट वी कैन यूज द वर्ड कंपैशन फॉर द मोमेंट मुदिता इज लाइक इनर हैप्पीनेस वेन समबडी इज हैप्पी फ्रॉम इनसाइड नॉट बिकॉज ही इज प्रिटेंडिंग बट ही इज रियली हैप्पी फ्रॉम इनसाइड उपेक्षा इज द ऑपोजिट इज द एंटोनिम ऑफ अपेक्षा when we are expecting from someone something then it is an apeksha when we are expecting nothing we are indifferent about it we are not bothered for anything to come from the other end then it is apeksha ambivalence indifference i neither i am asking anything neither i am rejecting anything somewhere in between maitri karuna mudita upekshanam sukha happiness dukha suffering punya punya are the result of the good deeds of people virtues so for those who have got who are virtuous punya apunya although another word for that is papa but he is purposely used apunya to say that some person who is in a state of darkness so the idea is that people pass through different phases in the life there is a phase of punya in their life where everything seems to be happening right there is social life to emotional life to their physical health to psychological health all dimensions of one person's life they are full of light they are seem to be progressing that is the phase of punya in their life when their good deeds are being uh, you know returned back to them or they are facing the consequences of their good karma they did before that is the phase of punya but we also face the time in our life when we are not passing through such kind of beautiful phase of our life every single step that we take seems to be hard we have got either the health problem or mental health issues or the psychological issues or the emotional issues or the relationship difficulties or social problems we seem to have the hardship at every single step of our life whichever direction we take and that is the phase that patanjali talks about apunya so he says maitri karuna mudita upekshanam sukh dukh punya apunya vishayanam vishay means object bhavana although bhavana means sentiment emotion here he is using it in the sense of an attitude with that kind of intention chitta prasadanam chitta prasadanam prasad means prasad means something like a blessing but here it is used in the context of it becomes much more lucid it becomes much more lighter it becomes much more calmer think it like this that we have got a very dirty object we have got a pot that's has not been washed for centuries and after centuries you unearth some kind of pot from the you know under the ground that was used in the time like you know 4000 years ago and now you are supposed to clean it same is like our life we have got so many kusanskar life after life life after life there are something from thousands of years back something from last life something from this life so first we need to pass it through a kind of material that could wash the superficial dirt and this is what these practices are doing they are actually washing off the superficial dirt like you know the things that we have accumulated only by shallow habits they could be purified with these seven 
verses, these seven practices that he would talk about, Chitta Prasadanam, they are there to make the Chitta lighter, purified, much more healthier, so that it could be ready to embrace the higher Samadhi state that he would talk about after these seven verses. So he says, if we bring everything together, he says by developing, by cultivating an attitude of Sukha, match it with Maitri, by cultivating an attitude of friendship, Maitri, for those who are happy, and by developing an attitude of compassion, Karuna, for those who are Dukkha, who are suffering, and by having an attitude of what he says, Mudita, of inner happiness for those who are passing through the phase of life where their Punya are being ripened off. They are getting the result of their good deeds. And having a phase of indifference, Upeksha, for those who are passing through a state of darkness, their Chitta then becomes much more lighter. What happens in the life? If we see somebody happy, we start to get upset. We think that his happiness is our loss. If somebody else seems to be winning in the life, we think it's at the cost of ourselves. If somebody else is actually you know, suffering, people seem to be happy. And he is saying, just change it. Like Gurudev said that spirituality is actually the Shishashan of life. You have to change every single attitude. We have to change the attitude that we have gathered from the society. Society teaches us the language of competition. That if other person is happy, then you are supposed to be more happy than him. If other person seems to be getting the good result of his good deeds, then do something to go beyond him. This is not what spirituality is telling us. Spirituality is telling us, yoga is saying that he is getting the result of his good karma. Let him be happy. We should be happy for his happiness. And we should be in compassion for those who are passing through a tough phase of their life. So, what Patanjali is saying is a very beautiful verse. They use it in the Buddha uh, Sutras as Brahma Vihar. Exactly these four words, four uh, qualities, Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, Upeksha, were also given by Avalokiteshwar, who gave the concept of Brahma Vihar. Some people, especially in the Nepal, Avalokiteshwar, who is also remembered as the Bodhisattva, is also considered as the Yogi Matsendranath, who was the guru of uh, Guru Goraknath, who started the Hatha Yoga tradition. So that's something else to talk about on some other occasion. But these four verses are very important. Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, Upeksha. To have an attitude of friendship for those who are happy. To have an attitude of compassion for those who are suffering. To have an attitude of inner happiness for those who are passing through the punya, light phase of their life, happy, blissful phase of their life. And to have an attitude of indifference for those who are passing through a state of darkness. Now two things to remember from here. First thing, what he is saying is to have compassion for those who are suffering. There is a very beautiful story. The story is of Tolstoy. So Tolstoy, most of you would know the one uh, who wrote War and Peace, the great writer from Russia. He was also a very compassionate person. 
one day he was uh, passing through a street and many people have gathered because they knew that he had a very good heart. So Tolstoy started to give and he gave somebody like his coat, somebody gave money and other things. A time came when he was left with nothing. There was a person walking on the crutches. So when that person could not walk as fast as the other people, so he came, the last. When he came and he saw Tolstoy, then Tolstoy hugged him and he said, I am very sorry, I have got nothing left now. But tomorrow when I will come, I will bring something for you. And that person said that, please don't say like that, that you gave me nothing. He said, uh, I have seen many people who gave me the money, but you were the first one to give the love. Compassion means to have that ability to share the pain of other person. It does not mean that we are supposed to give. That's the difference between daya and karuna in, in Hindi. Daya is like sympathy. And karuna is when you are able to feel the pain of other person. For one person to express sympathy, other person needs to be in a state of suffering. But for one person to have compassion, other person does not need to be only in a state of suffering. He could be in any state, but you are able to feel the sentiments and emotions that other person is feeling. That is the difference. And if one has that ability, then that person is able to uh, easily make his chitta lighter. We continue to have so many psychological issues, emotional issues because of the way we have crafted our life. It is filled with so many negative, pessimistic and complicated emotions, intricated emotions where we are expecting so many things from other people but we have got little to give to other person. When we have got little to give but we want everything in return, then it becomes very complicated journey. Patanjali is saying a very simple truth that if you want love, then give it. If you want happiness, then share it. If you want to have like, you know, peace in your life, then be ready to express the harmony with other person. There comes a, again, very interesting uh, thing in this discussion. He says to have indifference for those who are going through a state of darkness. There are two ways to understand it. One way to understand is that people have got a rescue fantasy. They see other person and they think, okay, I can jump in and, and solve this person's problem. That is okay, but we don't know how big or what is the extent of the problem of other person. Gurudev used to share a very beautiful analogy for it. He used to say that like, you know, if there are two people that you have got in front of you, and one person is in a complete state of darkness, in a state of thumb, then you may need your entirety of life to change that one person. But if there are other thousand people who are there, who are ready to walk, and your effort can make them reach to their point of destination, then which one would you choose? It's an ethical dilemma. Better is to choose to those thousand people who are ready to walk. And at least you can take them to the destination. Because even if you give your entirety of life to change one person, find that person may be changed or that person may be salvaged. But then it would come at a cost of thousand those people who could have helped to reach to their destination. So it is like that. That's what the Patanjali is saying. He is saying that leave them for the moment. Their moment would come.
when they would move from here to the point where compassion could help them. Allow that kind of face to appear in their life. That's what he's saying. He's not saying to ignore them, like many people are translating. He's not saying to ignore them. He's saying that it may not be the correct moment to help them. Just like Gurudev was saying. He said that, just wait for the right moment. It may be the, not the right moment. It's like, okay, fine, I have got a seed and that seed is actually lying in the barren field where completely rocks are there and I am going there to water it every day. Of course, one day if uh, gods are happy above and like, you know, the land is happy for me, then maybe after 60 years of my hard work, one day what uh, that seed would give birth to a small kind of plant. But if I had used the same amount of time, effort and resources, in cultivating a garden or cultivating a land, then I may have fed so many people in those 60 years. It's just that choice that I could have done the same thing. But better to wait for the moment, maybe one day, who knows, that land would turn into a better field and that seed would actually automatically grow. It's taking that kind of practical route that Patanjali is talking about. Maitri, Karuna, Mudita, Opeksha. Then he goes further. Now all these seven verses who are there, this was the first parikarma. Second parikarma, he says, Prachardhan Vidharadabham Va Pranasya. Prachardhan is an act where we are taking out the abdominal air out from the nostrils. In other sense, this is what the Rechak is. When you are doing the pranayam, then the act of exhalation, when you are exhaling the air out, is called prachardhan. Vidharanam. Vidharanam means, it means to retain the air. And in this, both acts are there. You are not only doing the purak, but also you are doing the kumbhak. Not only you are inhaling the air, but you are also holding the air. Then only you can retain the air. Va means also pranasya. So, pranas is pranavayu, not only the air, but all the vital energy that pervades the entire existence, that is what the pranavayu is. So, he is saying prachardhan vidharanam va pranasya, that also it could be done by what people otherwise call as the mindfulness meditation or just focusing on the breathing or the pranayam, it could also be done through this also. Va means also. That is another way to do it is to bring lucidity to chitta, to make it lighter, to make it much more calmer and purified. One approach is Maitri Karuna Mudita Upeksha. Second approach is to do the pranayam Prachardhan Vidharanam Va Pranasya. And it's a very interesting thing nowadays of course. Science is also talking about it. They recently did a piece of research in Trinity Institute of Neurosciences where they checked the activity in the locus ceruleus. Locus ceruleus is that part of the brain where we have got the noradrenaline being produced. And noradrenaline is the, is the chemical, neurochemical responsible for our fight or flight reaction. So if like, you know, it is necessary in the part of evolution, if I feel under stress, then I need to fight with it. And for I need to fight with it, I need to develop the signs of stress. And those signs of stress are there, increased heart rate, increased blood pressure, all these things are there. But if it starts to happen in the normal person, then he is unable to focus. His concentration is gone, attention is gone. So what they have checked that if person is doing the pranayam, his 
attention levels are far better. His attention level, his ability to concentrate, his ability to, to be calm under the pressure is far better in case person is doing the pranayam regularly. That is what the Patanjali is saying. That is also a way where just by following or focusing upon the inhalation, exhalation, prachardhan vidharanabham, retention of the air and exhalation of the air. Just by bringing your entire concentration to this one act also helps to purify. And there comes a very interesting story if you go through the process of Maharshi Aurobindo when he was asked by his guru Lele to sit in one room for three non-stop days. So he was sitting in one room for three non-stop days and in three days he said in his own words Maharshi Aurobindo he said I just focused on my breathing and then snap one day after three days just like that. I was able to completely disconnect myself. So Purush and Prakriti were uncoupled. That moment had taken place where he was separated from the chaos that surrounds us. This is another way to do it. Prachardhan Vidharanam Va Pranasya. Then he talks about the third parikarma. He said there is a third way to do it. And third way is very interesting. It's a, a very ancient yogic practice. Vishayavati va pravritti utpanna manasaha isthiti nibhandhani. Vishayavati means focusing on one vishaya, one sense object. Va also. Pravritti means activity. Utpanna means gives birth to or arises. Manasaha, manasaha means mind. Istiti Nibandhani makes it much more steady. So Patanjali says that another practice also does it. And that practice is actually bringing your entirety of concentration into one sensory object. And we all know, like you know, these kind of practices are there. Tratak, we are asking people to do it. In Tratak, we are asking people to concentrate their entire concentration into one, like you know, the tip of the lamp, tip of the flame that you are supposed to focus and then suddenly when your entire concentration is gone there then you are able to experience a higher kind of uh, uh, spiritual experience by having an enlightened kind of concentration or heightened concentration. People like you know who lose one of their senses, people say for example people are blind, they develop a much better tactile power. They are not only if they are unable to see, the energy that is coming from inside that gets diverted to the other sensory objects. Then they are even able to see like you know if somebody's uh, footsteps they hear, they are even to see that who is coming. Only by their footsteps they can see. We have got a National Institute of Visually Handicapped not far from here in Dehradun. And once we went there, we were schoolboys and the principal of the school uh, was a blind man. And he had such a great ability, he had not only he was able to, to feel only by the like in the footsteps of the people that who is coming, he was also able to feel that how many people are standing in the room. So we were 31 school boys there and of course like you know whole class was there. 
he was able to sense that how many of you are there and he could not see a single thing and then he just felt the uh, just by people moving he could feel oh there are 31 people there is one teacher his step is much more heavier as compared to us and he could see literally like without having any ability to see he could see every single thing it's like uh, in mahabharat this story comes the father of uh, lord ram dashrath he used the shabd vedivan only by hearing where the sound is coming he could not see he used that like you know arrow to hunt the person or object from where the sound supposed to be coming that is the idea when people are able to develop a heightened concentration vishayavati vapravritti patanjali says that also gives them the power to have much more lighter chit because your energy is not distracted your ability to concentrate is not distracted all these techniques that he is talking about are there to develop heightened concentration so that we can have our chit ready to go further further higher or further further deeper in ourselves whichever way you want to see it but it is actually to help our concentration much more strengthened and much more heightened as compared to before so he says the third parikarma is vishayavati va pravritti utpanna manasah sthiti nibandhane and there are like you know it in hatha yoga practices there are different kind of these practices being talked about uh, today may not be the day to go deep into it but say for example if you just focus on the tip of your nose all your concentration is there whole your concentration is there at the tip of the nose nothing else a time comes when they say that you are able to feel the divine sense there at the tip of the nose if your entire concentration if the all of your energy is going into the palate end of the palate then you are able to see divya roop they say then you are able to see the divine figures um divine personalities then the tongue the tip of the tongue gives you the ras a divine taste middle of the tongue gives you the divine sparsh divine touch end of the tongue it gives you the divine shabd you are able to hear the sacred sounds you are able to see them you are able to feel them so if your concentration is there they have uh, defined them as the vishayavati pravritti that is why the bhashya vyas says yogi jan prasiddhayam vishayavati pravritti he said it is very famous in the yogi jan as the vishayavati pravritti so it is not something that's the whole hatha yogic texts they are talking about this kind of activity vishayavati pravritti and that is also one way to develop heightened concentration we need to remember that patanjali's yoga sutra is like a manual where he has highlighted all like you know okay this is also one of the tradition that needs to be remembered this is also one of the tradition that also needs to be remembered vishayavati va pravritti manasah sthiti vishayavati va pravritti utpanna manasah sthiti nibandhane then he goes further and this one is a even interesting one he says vishoka va jyotishmate vishoka shok means sorrow pain suffering we means without so it is without sorrow va also ज्योतिषमति इज लाइक ल्यूमिनस इल्यूमाइंड स्टेट विशोका एंड ज्योतिषमति आर टू डिफरेंट स्टेट्स इन द हार्ट एरिया 
as per the yogic anatomy they talk about the hridaya kamala there is there is a lotus inside and this lotus has got eight petals ashtadal in the center of it our intelligence or buddhi is seated that is the hridaya chakra if your entire concentration is entered in here then you would have a state of vishoka sorrow would be gone or nothing can give you sorrow it's not like that you won't have the circumstances of sorrow it's just you would not interpret them as the sorrow circumstances could be anything there are two types of people there are people who would be stuck in earthquake and they would come as happy like it's the most joyous thing happened in their life and there are people whose wallet is stolen and they think it's the end of the life it's not what the circumstances are it's how we interpret the circumstances what do we make out of it and what we make out of it determines whether i feel sorrow or i feel pain or i feel happiness i make nothing out of it there is cannot circumstances could be there but it cannot bring a feeling of despair anguish agony pain sorrow suffering inside me that is not there when my entire concentration is entered into that hridaya kamala i have gone even deeper so vishoka is one i have gone even deeper and transcended the layer of the asmita that we will talk about in the second chapter where the ego is there where the boundary of ego if that is also gone then i enter into the luminous state all lighted state vishoka va jyotishmate that patanjali says that also by entering into a sorrow free which is vishoka and jyotishmate which is luminous illumined state both is both are together but both can also happen separately and concurrently then he says fifth parikarma he talks about and he says vitrag vishyam va chittam vitrag who were devoid of any attachment or any craving for the sensual desires vishaya object va also chittam chitta yor chitta so he is saying you can also develop this kind of lucidity of the chitta this kind of clarity of the mind by making your chitta your mind your inner psyche a point of concentration by focusing on those who were devoid of any kind of attachment that's why people develop this idea of following the path of gurudev because if you follow the path of an enlightened being illumined person then you start to develop the same kind of mindset the idea is to relive what they lived before the idea is to actually feel what they may have reached to that's why people like you know follow the path of buddha follow the path of mahavir follow the path of christ follow the path of prophet they follow because they are they want to or they are able to feel relive re-experience the state of the consciousness that these illumined divine souls had 
vit rag vishyamba chittam that we can also reach to that state of concentration by making those people as our point of concentration who had reached to that stage where they were devoid of any kind of attachment. If you are able to do that, then you are able to feel the same. That's why they are timeless. You can read the book of Acharya Shankar this morning and you would feel the same thing like he was writing it this morning. You can read the words of Gurudev. Uh, 1987, 1988 when he wrote the Kranti Dharma Sahitya and you feel the same kind of a passion in your life, same kind of like you know determination to do something good for humanity and for the society like Gurudev was talking this morning. It is because you are able to feel the same kind of uh, sensations. But if you follow like Patanjali is saying to that aspect of their personality where only light is there only light, bliss, no attachment, vitrag, then you are able to feel the same kind of calmness inside you. And then he says that after that, a very interesting verse, Swapna Nidra Jnana Alambanam Va. Va means also, like I said, that Va would be repeated many times and Va means also. Swapna means dream, Nidra means sleep. Jnana means knowledge, Alamban means support. So he says by you can also reach to that state of concentration by focusing on the knowledge that you have gathered from dream or sleep. What knowledge do we gather from dream or sleep? That's the beautiful part. Many people have explained it in different ways and there is no right, no wrong. I think all of them are interesting to remember. One way, like some people have explained, is that sometime you get a divine dream. And only by reliving that kind of dream, only by focusing upon that, many people have had it, not only in the path of spirituality, but also in the path of like, you know, uh, science. Like the person who, uh, who gave the theory of atomic table, the knowledge was gifted to him in the dream. The person who created the chemical like you know the formula of benzene ring, he seemed to have got it that time. Salvador Dali, the famous artist, he used to get all the visions of the paintings that he used to make in the dream. So one way to understand it that also by focusing on the knowledge that was given to us at the time of dream or at the time of sleep, we can focus them. In India, uh, especially in the Indian tradition and Indian wisdom traditions, Divya Swapna, like divine dreams, are an important part of one's understanding, very important. Many of the Vaishnava saints, ranging from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to up to the, like you know, uh, later on to Tukaram and all the great sant of the Maharashtra, Eknath, Sant Eknath, Gajananji Maharaj, they all have given the uh, different kind of incidents where they all had the divine dreams. They had a dream where they could see a divine figure and this divine figure then gave the direction to them. Acharya Shankar, he was given the direction to go to a particular path and so many other great people. And this divine dream, you can have that. There is also another way to look into it that Acharya Shankar has said it. And he said it also very beautifully because this is one way to uh, one way to see this whole world from Vedantic perspective. In Upanishad, there comes a very interesting analogy, and 
it is very interesting, uh, so interesting that it would be difficult to even define. They say that actually we are in a dream. In Upanishad they say we are in a dream. This dream is started from our birth and it will end when we will die. So actually we are talking in the dream. This whole message is reaching to you in dream. You are listening to in dream, big dream. And one day this dream would end and then suddenly we will realize, oh, we were dreaming to have a life. That is what it is. This whole thing, whole chaos, all we have created, this camera, these mics, this light and everything, everything that we see and even we feel and even we die for, even we crave for, all our desires to our ambitions, all we gather in this life is nothing but it is happening inside the dream. That is also a Vedantic way to see it. And they say that, okay, this is also another way to see, that you see this nothing as a dream. Fine, I am inside the dream, who cares? Why I am so attached to the dream? It will be gone one day. It's like inception within the inception. You have got this idea, okay, fine, I am inside dream, inside the dream. So, it is like that kind of uh, approach. Whichever way you want to take it, but this is one way that Patanjali says is also where you can reach to heightened concentration and reality you can do it both. You can focus on the dream that we get and the divine dreams that we are getting in this, uh, if we consider this as the reality. Another way to see that this is not real, this is all dream. But if this is all dream, then also we can have much more lucidity of the mind because then there is nothing to be uh, suffering from. We don't have to worry about anything. All the worries are gone because it is happening only in the dream, waiting for the dream to be over. Then he says, which is again very interesting, he says, Yatha Abhimat Dhyanat Va. Yatha means whatever. Abhimat means opinion. Dhyan means meditation or point of concentration. Va means also that either follow all the six above or do whatever you want to do. He says, whatever your opinion, whatever your inner being approves of, just do it. Don't waste time. That is the message of Patanjali, that just don't waste time in selecting too many paths. Yathabhimat dhyanadva, whatever your inner being is approving of, is agreeing to. And this has got two ways to understand. One is that you don't waste time. You just take any of the given path. Second is to understand that Everyone is different. There is no path which is right and this path is wrong or this is a better one or this is a wrong one. People unnecessarily waste their time in, in reaching to a conclusion that whether Vedanta is better or Bhakti is better or Jnana is better or Vairag is better. They all are good. You need to see that which one is actually the, is resonating best with your personality. Everyone is different. I may see the world from a very analytical point of view. I need to be satisfied from my own like you know buddhi, intelligence, but this is only because my inner personality is created and fashioned in this manner. But some other person will be completely emotionally guided. He or she may need to be satisfied at the level of emotions. Does not mean that their path is right and mine is wrong or mine is right and there is wrong. It's just that we are different manifestations of the same consciousness and we need to be in a position where we can agree to disagree. We can be happy that, okay, this is the path for you. Shankar is there, Meera is there, Chaitanya is there. Even the divinity when it manifests itself, it never repeats. 
it comes to shankar but it comes to shankar like at the pinnacle of the intelligence where he was ek shrutidhar acharya shankar acharya was ek shrutidhar he could hear thousand people so thousand people used to sit together and each of them used to ask a question to acharya shankar and he would listen to every single person's question and then he will go one by one that you ask this question this is your answer you ask this question this is your answer people can forget even the question many people are like in a position where they can't even remember the question while it is being said to them they will forget even in that moment they can't be shankaracharya but it comes to shankaracharya in the form of most illumined knowledge it comes to meera in the form of bhajan it comes to chaitan in the form of dance it comes to mahavir in the form of maun silence it does not mean that one path is better than the other it's just that everyone has got their unique inner architecture and they need to follow their inner call but to follow the inner call you need to stop the voices of so many things that you otherwise keep hearing that is what patanjali is saying that you need to have a heightened concentration otherwise your inner call would be something else in the morning and something else in the afternoon if it is changing every 2 hours then it is not an inner call it's just a fragment of imagination you just have to have a very strict simple clear and coherent in our call so he says yathavimat dhyana dua these are the seven ones maitri karuna mudita upekshanam sukh dukh punya punya vishyanam bhavanath chitra prasadanam that was the first one by cultivating the attitude of four different types four different people then he talked about the one where you do the pranayam then also you get it then he talked about by focusing on a special type of senses that i mentioned vishayavati va pravritti then vishoka va jyotishmati by having a sorrow free illumined state of knowledge or by having vitarag vishayam va chittam by making your point of concentration those people who were devoid of rag or you could have another way where you can just have knowledge that you gain from dream and sleep you can focus on that or you can have whatever you would like to do yatha vimat dhyana dua what if i am able to do all that then comes the last verse of today he said parmanu param mahatva antyosya vashikara 40th verse he says parmanu smallest atom last possible atom whether you call it higgs boson or whatever you want to call it makes no difference the last possible atom param mahat and the biggest astronomical structure that is ever possible antyosya up to that vashikarah control then yogi develops a control from the smallest particle of atom to the biggest possible reality the totality of the existence you have got the control of you are not in one side or the other side you can go from the anu to the vibhu you are there from the smallest to the biggest you can sit in the class of the play group be happy and you can sit in the class of quantum physicist and be equally contented you have got both you are then in the picture frame of the kids and you are in the picture frame of the einsteins no problem you have got totality of the control the control of entire existence is there so these seven parikarma are there to give heightened concentration and these heightened concentration help to prepare the inner bhumi inner ground or the base in the journey of the yogi to reach to a heightened state of consciousness that we otherwise call as the samadhi 
So, we will talk about those samadhis in the next session. We end today's discussion at here in this uh, last verse, 40th verse and uh, uh, with the understanding that yogi is able to have control over smallest particle of atom to the totality of existence. So, let us end today's discussion with the Shanti part. Om Dyo Shanti Rantarikshagvam Shanti Prithavih Shanti Rapah Shanti Roshadayah Shanti Vanaspatayah Shantir Vishwe Devaha Shantir Brahma Shantih Sarvagvam Shantih Shantir Eva Shantih Sama Shantir Edhih Om Shantih 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 Sarvarishta सुशांतिर भवतु हमारे YouTube चैनल शांति कुंजक वीडियो गायत्री परिवार को सब्सक्राइब करें एवं बेल आइकन जरूर दबाएं ताकि गायत्री परिवार की विभिन्न गतिविधियों की जानकारी आपको मिलती रहे